class of 2024 point guard Boogie Fland is down to eight schools. And hey, good news. The Tar Heels made the cut. What's it going to take for Hubert Davis to land the point guard out of RJ Davis's high school? You are locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us to get your first listen or watch of the day. For you everydayers, welcome back as always. Hey, if you're a guest or if it's your first time, we're so glad you're here and would love it if you would make us part of your everyday rhythm. Coming up on the show today, NBA Summer League wrapped up on Monday night, so we'll kind of look at where things stand for several Tar Heels that were participants. Also, for the second time in less than 24 hours, Carolina football got a four-star recruit in the class of 24. Great news there, but from football recruiting, let's start with basketball recruiting. Now, Boogie Fland is a name that has kind of been around for a minute here for the Tar Heels. He was one of kind of the main um, focuses, foci, foci, we'll go with that, for the Heels in the class of 2024 before Carolina landed Elliot Cadeau. At that point, I said uh, to people and on the show here, hey, because Carolina's getting Cadeau now, and because Boogie Fland is also more more of a, you know, not in the same complete mold as Elliot Cadeau, but is more of a, a true point guard than many other guards would be. And so I said at that point, hey, I think the Tar Heels are going to be out on Boogie Fland. You know, they'll keep tabs because you need to. And especially in the day and age of the transfer portal, you don't want to burn bridges. But. Yeah, it's essentially over and he's going to go elsewhere. But then Cadeau reclassifies to 2023. And it's, I've been getting a lot of questions from people now asking, like, hey, is Carolina going to be back in on Boogie Fland? What do things look like there? Well, they're at least in enough on him to be part of the conversation still, because on Monday, Boogie Fland announced that he had trimmed his list down to eight schools. We get a lot of that around uh, the the late summer. Would you call this late summer? I do. I don't think of September as summer. I think we're done in my mind once we get to August and school starts again. Anyway, uh, usually at this point, once summer basketball things are over, we start to get recruits cutting their lists down or making commitments, things like that. And so for Boogie Fland, it was a cutting of his list. So let me give you the eight schools that he trimmed down to Alabama, Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, Michigan, North Carolina, St. John's and Yukon. So you might be asking yourself, Hey, Isaac, or I just said, you're asking yourself. And then I said, me, you might be asking yourself self, what's it going to take for Carolina to land a boogie fland, <laughs> man, that should be like, a pin that people wear to football games. Land Boogie Fland. Man, I'm just I'm just a marketing genius over here. Call me Don Draper or something like that. Anyway, 
what will be best, in my opinion, for North Carolina to have a, a very legitimate shot at Boogie Fland is to string out his recruitment as long as they possibly can. One of the things we often look at in recruiting is sometimes you want it to be short and you want them to make a decision. Other times you want to drag it out as long as you can. And there are differences for that. So, for example, with Jaron Stevenson, who it seemed like would be a pretty pretty no-brainer North Carolina commit, he wound up at Alabama. And as that commitment wore on, it was like, ah, he's probably thinking about doing something else other than what seems the most normal and logical. So had the Jaron Stevenson uh, commitment timeline been shorter, I would have felt really good about it being North Carolina. In this case, I want it to string out, and I want to tell you why. With Elliot Cadeau's commitment to North Carolina and reclassification to 2023, Carolina, obviously, as I said earlier, is not considered the front runner for him anymore. Although, I will say the Tar Heels are, again, in a better position with Boogie Fland than they would have been if Elliot had stayed in 2024. But here's what the coaching staff needs to do. Everything they can to encourage Boogie to wait on making a decision until we know more about what kind of year Elliot Cadeau is having and if he's going to be a one and done or not. So, for example, if we get to the beginning of conference play and it's pretty obvious that at that point it's like, man, Elliot is everything we thought he would be and more and is a, a no brainer to go be a one-and-done player and is shooting up draft boards, that kind of thing. Then you can start pitching to Boogie. All right, we're going to have this spot available. There you go. Now, obviously, another part of that is that RJ could come back for his fifth year uh, because he has that COVID eligibility. So, um, the, again, the more Carolina can string along Boogie Flan's commitment, the more they have an idea about what both Elliot and RJ are going to ultimately do. However, however, that said, you tell me, think about it this way. Would you rather have year two of Elliot Cadeau and or year five of RJ Davis or year one of Boogie Flan? Well, with all due respect to Boogie Fland, who is a phenomenal basketball player, I'd rather have a second year of Elliot Cadeau and or a fifth year of R.J. Davis than a first year of Boogie Fland. I mean, it's just, again, no disrespect to Boogie. You just want the guys that have been in the system and know, and uh, Carolina knows what they're getting. And if need be, at that point, you know, if, if things change, you take your chances in the transfer portal. I, I feel that Hubert Davis could get what he needs there, and it's shown that there's always going to be guys to get. Now, speaking of R.J. Davis, though, there is a little bit more of an in with Boogie Fland because, once again, keep in mind that Boogie Fland is a player at Archbishop Stepanak High School there in New York where R.J. is an alum of. Now, here's the thing. That's not, clearly not everything because... You know, often we see guys from the same high school going to different places like that. That's nothing new. So it's not everything, but it's not nothing, 
right? Like there, there are relationships built and other things like that. So keep that in mind. As for Boogie Flan's ratings, if, if you've not been keeping up with him, he is seventh at on three, 13th at 247. That's his lowest, eight at ESPN, and six at Rivals. That's his highest. Those are the overall rankings. But let me tell you that um, at two of those four, he is the number one point guard. And at the other two, he's number two. So um, considered by many to be the best point guard in this 2024 class, even though many consider the 2024 class to be a little bit weaker. There you go. Now, something I also love about Boogie Fland is he's a little bit bigger than Carolina's current backcourt. He's 6'3", 175, needs to obviously put some meat on, but but has a little bit more requisite height. So as to where we go from here with Boogie Flan's recruitment, he has taken three official visits, the first of which was to North Carolina back in September of last year, but he's also taken an official to Michigan and Indiana. So he's visited three of his eight finalists. Now, prior to this year, we would have said, all right, he's taken three of his five official visits. He's got five other schools in his final list. Who are the other two schools that are going to get an official visit? But hang on there, hold the phone. In this new age, remember that there are unlimited official visits that these young men can take. So Boogie, if he wanted to, could visit all five of the uh, the rest that he hasn't been to yet. So he could end up seeing all eight. As for now, we also know that he's taken unofficials to Yukon and St. John's up there close to his neck of the woods. That makes sense. But also... According to On3, he's hoping to take an official visit to Kentucky, to Alabama, to Yukon, and Maryland in September. So that would be four of the remaining five schools that haven't had an official, leaving St. John's as the only one that wouldn't get an official at that point. And, and looking at this list in totality, it is interesting to me. I mean, Duke is not on this list. Carolina is, Kentucky is, Kansas also is not. So you get two of the bluest blue bloods, but not the other two bluest blue bloods. There's also no Villanova on the list. But uh, St. John's isn't surprising with the proximity there. And also Rick Pitino trying to recruit everyone from that neck of the woods. We're starting to see Alabama crop up a lot more on high-level recruits lists, including this one. I love seeing the resurgence of UConn. I think it's just good for college basketball. They pop up on this list along with others. But uh, so an interesting high major group of teams that um, Boogie Fland is considering and where he will ultimately end up. Will it be North Carolina? Once again, I think it's going to be highly dependent on both what Elliot Cadeau and RJ Davis are doing. So North Carolina's job is to string out this recruitment if they want to land Boogie Fland. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that rhyme now. Land Boogie Fland. Man, if he was going to be a politician, I wonder if he could come up with some like, uh, I don't know. There's There's got to be some kind of po- political slogan in there he could use. That'd be hilarious as well. Okay, next, we want to talk about Summer League. There was a Tar Heel Summer League champion. Gotta love it. We'll look at where things kind of stand with these Tar Heels hopeful to make an NBA roster. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, let me tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. 
Hey, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to over-unders to who's going to hit the first home run in any given game. And this all comes on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, when you win, FanDuel pays you instantly. You'll love to see that. So there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Hey, you everydayers, thanks so much for being here with us once again, forecasting out ahead on tomorrow's show, Wednesday's show, Pat Kilby and I carry on our roster preview series for the basketball team. We move into the sophomores and we'll start with Seth Trimble before next week going on to Jalen Washington. So make sure you tune in for that. Also coming up, we are looking at a mailbag episode here in just a week or two. Would love your submissions for that. You can send them in to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. You can even do it in video format. We've had one from our guy, Big Kush, and would love to have some more video submissions to be able to debut on our mailbag episode. Just quick video of yourself. You can do it on your phone. Email it to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. I need it to be short, short and sweet to the point so we can input it uh, give us your name, where you're from, and your question, and then you might see your face and hear your voice on the podcast. All right, NBA Summer League wrapped up on Monday night with the Cavaliers winning the title, and you know who's playing for the Cavs? That's right, Pete Nance and kind of a legacy move there. Pretty neat to see it, but Pete Nance, Summer League champion, I know he's putting that on his display case somewhere. As for what Pete did with the Cavs, um, he never started, but was a pretty consistent contributor for this team outside of the five starters. Uh, I haven't gone in and looked at the minutes averaged, but based on what he was averaging and playing per game, I've got to imagine Pete was probably sixth on this team in terms of average minutes played per game. So that's a really good thing. I mean, love to see him getting some run, getting some burn. As, as an undrafted player, I, I wouldn't have expected him to get as much time as he did, but I'm, I'm encouraged by it. Uh, perhaps his most productive game was against the Raptors, had 11 points, five rebounds, uh, made three threes, so you love to see that. I, I would love it for Pete. I would love it for any target, but I'd love it for Pete Nance to get a shot, get a chance. But we're going to have to wait and see. Part of that is because specifically with the Cavs, uh, if if I've read the tea leaves correctly and looked at all the NBA draft rumors websites correctly, they've actually already signed all three of their two-way players, Isaiah Mobley, Imani Bates, and Craig Porter Jr. So, what that means is either Pete's going to have to catch on somewhere else if he's able to get a two-way or go overseas. And hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You get to see beautiful parts of the world. You can make really good money and just, you know, try new foods and, and experience new styles of basketball. You hear so many guys that go overseas talk about learning new new techniques and 
schemes and things like that. Uh, we've heard Marcus Page talk about that quite a bit since he's been back. And so we'll wait and see what happens there with Pete. As for the other Tar Heel that just graduated and left the team, Leaky Black, who has reportedly signed a two-way contract with the Hornets. We haven't seen anything official about that. It's just been reported. Uh, Adam Smith at Inside Carolina came out with that. And so no reason to believe it's not true. It's just that it hasn't been officially announced by the Hornets. Now, Leaky this summer, truthfully, hasn't gotten a lot of playing time with the Hornets. And I don't know if that's because maybe there's an undisclosed injury. Maybe it's because the Hornets just didn't want to play him. Maybe it's because they've seen what they need to see. And it's like, hey, we want to see other guys. But I mean, he was even in street clothes for the Hornets last game. So I Again, Leakey should be in good shape for, for a great developmental type season with, with the Hornets you know, down with the Swarm. And then hopefully he could get some run with the big club as well. How cool would that be? Um, so, uh, from again, from reports, the Hornets have already signed um, Xavier Sneed and Amari Bailey out of UCLA to two-way contracts. There was also reporting that they had signed Leakey, but according to, I think it's like hooprumors.net, which seems uh, silly and not, not reliable, but it, it typically is. There's also a two-way qualifying offer on the table for Theo Maladon. And so um, we'll, we'll just keep our eyes out. Hopefully the reporting is accurate and correct about Leaky having this two-way but we'll see. Next, uh, Brady Manick. You've you know probably heard he's had some good moments with the Hawks this summer, kind of similar to Pete Nance. Hasn't been starting, but has gotten some really good run, been part of the team, put up some good numbers. I just want to continue to harp on the NBA is a league that wants shooters, and that is something that Brady, like that is, un, you know, probably according to most scouts and talent avail- evaluators, his most marketable skill from an NBA standpoint. So it's like, it just feels like at some point he's got to get a chance, got to get an opportunity. And I know I continue to harp on that, but it just seems to make a ton of sense. As for the Hawks, who he played with, they've already signed two two-way players, Seth Lundy and Miles Norris, and they also have a qualifying offer, a two-way qualifying offer on the table to Trent Forrest. Uh, is what's being reported. So we'll wait and see on that. Obviously, Brady played overseas last year and could go do that again. I just would love him to get a shot. Uh, As for Garrison Brooks, who's been playing with the Pelicans and and doing some nice things, uh, the Pels have only signed one of their three two-way contracts, and that's NC State's Darion Sebron. And so hopefully would would love to see Garrow get a shot there. Uh, and if, if you haven't been keeping up, you might be questioning my sanity by talking about three two-way contracts, but that's actually part of the new collective bargaining agreement is that instead of just two two-way contracts per team, there are now three. So that's 30 more roster spots for uh, somebody to make it around the league. And so we'd just love to see one, two, you know, or more of these Tar Heels catch on with teams 
and uh, love to see it. Obviously, we know some guy, the guys that are already on teams that have signed these bigger contracts in free agency, and that's great news. But just would love these uh, kind of more fringe guys to get a chance and really make a name for themselves. Same with Theo Pinson, man. I want him to get some good run in the NBA. Well, Carolina football has done it again for the second time in less than 24 hours. The Tar Heels land a four-star recruit from the state of North Carolina. His name's Malcolm Ziegler. We'll talk about what it means for the Tar Heels in just a second. All right, in a, it's a story quite similar to the one I told yesterday on Monday's show with Jordan Ship's commitment, the wide receiver um, that has committed to the Tar Heels, that Carolina is loading up with some really good talent at certain positions we talked about it yesterday with wide receivers and now it's the secondary man malcolm ziegler becomes the sixth defensive back to commit to the tar heels the sixth member of the secondary to commit to carolina in the class of 2024 and man as you know, the secondary has to be a point of emphasis for this team. We've talked ad nauseum about how there was consistency in the middle of the defense at the linebacker position, but in front of and behind them, the line in the secondary, there, there was just a lot of needed growth from the Tar Heels. And so um, I, I know that these guys are a year away still, obviously 24 guys, but you're just, you're just hopeful that um, when you get, um, quantity like this that you will be able to either really have some quality or to be able to develop that quality. So literally less than 24 hours after Jordan Ship's commitment, Carolina gets a verbal from four-star safety Malcolm Ziegler. And I listen, I know 247 has changed some of their stars around. And so it was looking like Carolina had been starting to line up a bunch of four-star guys uh, 247 in particular has bumped some of those down to three stars, but whatever the dudes can play or they wouldn't be fringe three or four star type guys. So he, um, for what it had been at least, is the third four star secondary commitment in the last couple weeks for Carolina, joining Zion Ferguson and Tyson White is uh, Malcolm Ziegler. And so great stuff there. And then that's not even to mention. Guys like Khalil Conley, Jaden Patterson, and Jalen Thompson, who we talked about on the show last week. So there's those six guys that are currently part of the verbal commitments in the class of 2024. Obviously, you got to get them signed, sealed, and delivered before you can uh, be the chicken counting your eggs. You don't want to do that before they hatch. Well, the, the kind of takeaway for me is this is yet another big win for Mac Brown and the Heels. In terms of Ziggler's actual game, similar to what I said about Jordan Ship, we're going to go more in depth with that on Thursday's show with our Locked On recruiting insider, Brian Smith. And so we'll talk about that today. We want to talk just more what it means for Carolina. Obviously, as I've just said, none of these guys will help this upcoming season. They're all 2024 guys, all six of them. But for a unit that is in desperate need of overhaul even even before guys transferred out and then after you lost guys like cam kelly and storm duck and um it and tony grimes like you, you've got to replace a bunch of that right 
and there will probably be some more turnover after next year. And so you, you look at these guys and say, guys, get ready, do what you can now, because you could come in and be a major contributor right away. So Carolina's bringing in the guys to work on, on that overhaul, but you got to develop, got to, it's got to be there because again, all the offense in the world, which Carolina is going to continue to have doesn't mean a hill of beans. If the defense can't stop anybody to go with it. Here's another reason I love this. Ziggler is yet another in-state player. I believe at least at 247, he is ranked fifth in the state. And so Mac Brown, as you well know, and, and I said yesterday on the show, just wants to emphasize so heavily, got to win the state, got to win the state, both in terms of games and recruiting. And so landing the, the fifth ranked player in this class in the state is massive, massive for the Tar Heels. And in fact, Ziegler told on three um, in his in his commitment kind of interview that being able to stay close to home, being able to be an in-state kid mattered to him and, and was a big part of his recruiting process. And so I love that. And uh, another thing I love is to see all these young men that have recently committed really encouraging each other, really uh, getting out there and recruiting themselves and saying, hey, you know, we're not done yet or there's more coming. Hey, why don't you come join me? All that kind of stuff. And it ain't just social media either. If I remember correctly, like with Jordan Ship's commitment on Sunday, Keenan Jackson, one of the other receiver in the class right now, showed up and was there in person for that commitment. Like that's just, that's cool, man. You love to see these guys supporting each other, being excited about who's going to come play with them and be all part of it. So as for Malcolm Ziegler, he's 6'2", 198, good, good positional size. Um, and so that's why, you know, you might think uh, cornerback first, but he's got that type of build and body where if he can keep bulk, bulking up, maybe another 10, 15 pounds could really make a dent quite literally in some dudes from the secondary. But, you know, he needs to be ready. To, to have some time at cornerback, to have some time at nickel, wherever it is in this 4-2-5 scheme that the Tar Heels have. Um, in case you don't know who else was in the mix for Ziggler, um, he chose Carolina over, it seems like it really boiled down to Carolina, South Carolina, and Notre Dame, but, you know, as the primary three, but then also Clemson, Penn State, Kentucky, App State, East Carolina. So again, we, we talked about yesterday, always good to beat those biggest brands to beat Clemson to beat a big time big 10 school in Penn State um to beat you know Notre Dame in anything in football recruiting is big time and then of course anytime you can uh clip off South Carolina in recruiting is a lot of fun as for the Tar Heels themselves uh this 2024 class after Jordan Ship's commitment went to 22nd and now has jumped to 20th following Malcolm's commitment there. So uh, great to have Ziggler aboard. Um, and then among those top 25 teams in the 24, in the 247 Sports 2024 rankings, only Georgia, Michigan, and Stanford have more commits than does Carolina right now. So you love to see it. All right, folks, that's it for today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Can't wait to talk to our guy, Pat Kilby, tomorrow about Seth Trimble and some strides that he has made 
this offseason and how he can be a major contributor this year. You can follow the show at Locked on Tar Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade, both on Twitter, and you can do that on threads if you have found your way there. If you want to email the show, send us in a mailbag question, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. While you're here, if you're watching, don't forget to subscribe smash the like button and leave comments on today's show. Hey, I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll talk again tomorrow, but until then, peace.